0: A three-up, three-down inning in this game. Castellanos, high fly ball,
1: way back, goodbye.
2: Castellanos makes it three to one.
0: Spencer Strider is out. A two-strike, 100-mile-an-hour fastball, and Castellanos Finally,
1: squares it up. You know, there's been a lot of postseason baseball played throughout history. Kevin Barker, Nick Castellanos last night, the first player in AL NL history to record consecutive multi homer postseason games. The Phillies have eliminated the Atlanta Braves yet again. 3 1 the final score last night. The Phillies now go on. To the A or to the National League Championship Series against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, they're a hell of a show, Kevin. They really are.
0: Yeah, they're impossible to pitch to. Strider was trying right the the elevated fastball, the slider down and away was the you know, the thought. That's what he was trying to do. And for the most part, when he got it up and he got it down and away, it was working. It's just when you go to the well that many times, right? And that's why. A lot of pitchers try not to get married to the elevated fastball because sometimes you hold on to it a little bit too long. And no matter how hard you throw it, when these dudes that know how to hit fastballs in big moments uh, get ones down the middle, no matter how hard you throw it. I tried to think last night when I was watching that, what could be cooler than in 2023 with all the velocity in baseball? for a guy in front of a packed stadium Mm. against your hated rival, Mm -hmm. uh, the Atlanta Braves, to get a fastball at 100 miles an hour down the middle and hit a home run off it. That was was one of the coolest things. And it doesn't happen just because, I mean, he's made some adjustments, right? He had a down year last year. Maybe it's because he signed a deal and it's Philadelphia and you're trying too hard and you're trying to live up to expectations. Looks like he's widened his stance out a little bit more, right? He's trying not to chase – as much on the the breaking stuff down in the way, gives him a little bit better chance to be a little bit more anchored. And, you know, when his front foot lands a little bit more centered in an athletic position and just allows him to that. When he does get a mistake, Jeff, he hammers those things. That's what you notice with this lineup is when they get them, they don't miss them mm. like you can get them out you make a good pitch to them you get them out they're just like every other human that tries to hit a, you know high octane velocity and and tunneling breaking stuff but if you miss boy they just hammer that stuff and that's the difference is you know again i hate to keep bringing this back around to the blue jays but when's the last time you seen consistently the blue jays lineup hammer mistakes it's it's not often so it's kind of no, cool not. just to watch a lineup the way the phillies have in in the moments that they're doing it in, get those ones that we on TV are watching and say, man, he should be hammering that, and they actually do it. Yeah. It's just kind of cool to watch.
1: Yeah, it, uh, you know, compared to the baseball we saw this year out of the Blue Jays, and I'm, I'm not going to turn this into a bash on Blue Jays segment, obviously, but it, it really – the contrast is shocking when you see a team like the Phillies and then you look at a team – uh, like the Blue Jays. We'll be joined by Jason Stark, longtime Philadelphia sports writer, uh, now with The Athletic. We'll talk to Jason about this Phillies team. Eric Kratz will be along in a few minutes. We'll talk to him about the Phillies team. It's from his neck of the woods. Uh, but we'll also talk to Eric about uh, Whit Merrifield's appearance on uh, foul territory. And um, we'll also uh, touch a little bit on uh, the uh, the issue that emerged from Orlando RC is Attaboy Harper uh statement uh, or comments repeated comments to a clubhouse packed with reporters we'll touch on that a little bit uh and, and the fallout of that of course Atlanta Rizzo the MLB network launching into a tirade wow. against Jake Mintz the the reporter who uh who who wrote that i was going to say broke the story but it, it really wasn't a break it was essentially um about a dozen writers heard a player running around the clubhouse yelling "Attaboy boy Harper out boy Harper about 10 of them thought mm. one guy thought you know what that's pretty cool I'll put it in my story and uh, anyhow we'll talk about <clears throat> a little bit about that I've got some it's The reason on. why the
0: Braves lost, Jeff? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, it's the reason why. Attaboy boy Harper.
1: Out yeah. At, a boy Harper is the reason yeah. the reason that the Braves lost. Uh, <clears throat> so the Phillies now go on to face the Diamondbacks. We mentioned the Rangers and Astros will meet in the ALCS. I mean, this look, this has been a dangerous postseason to make predictions, uh, but we'll do it anyhow. Kevin, how do you think this turns out? I, I would love to see, I'd like to see the Phillies and Astros go at it again. I really would. Wouldn't you? I think that would be just the best matchup.
0: Yeah, I know it's sports, and I I want to root for the underdog. This is just me. I think the Diamondbacks have no chance. Like, if you you could ever think of just about the lineup and and how, you know, do you have enough muscle and enough mindset going into a stadium, which is going to be going berserk, and you're going to have to overcome that. And can the pitching staff, I don't want to say one or two guys, can the pitching staff and Tori Lovello – make the right choice and have the right guy come in and that fastball up. Now the blueprints there, like if they were watching the game and they could see the Braves when the Braves did get the lineup out, it was fastballs up and sliders away or a breaking ball away. It's just the misses. Like, you got to be real good, if not perfect, with your misses, right? If you're going to go up, make sure you miss up, up. If you're going to go away with a breaking ball, make sure you choke it off and really catch it out front and really snap that thing off and make sure that if you miss, it's a, a really good miss and not a cement mixer because they, they've shown you that they just don't miss those, right? Don't matter if you're righty, lefty, you're getting those because – of just the moment and what they're trying to do and where they're trying to have the ball end up, you got to make sure of those two things. So, I, I this is just me. I think the Phillies are, are I don't want to say going to run through the Diamondbacks, but they're they're probably going to take care of the Diamondbacks. The now the Astros and and the Rangers, I think that's going to be a little tougher. I yeah, I would I agree. Think just baseball. Uh, reasons because I'm a huge baseball fan, I think it would be better for the Astros and the Phillies to be playing. Yeah, the Astros are still hated. I, just going into that stadium, being booed, yelled, and screamed at, I think that'd be kind of fun to watch on TV, right? And uh, see how the Astros will handle that. And, you know, the Astros are dynasty. Like, this mm-hmm. is like you want to see how that comes about. And I want to see the Phillies line up. I just want to see consistently. From now until the end of the World Series, see how they handle it. Like, just see, can they continue to do these things? Like, it's sort of – they got five or six dudes in that lineup that can all beat you, that can all hit a couple of home runs in one game. And I want to see if that happens. So, for me, I'm being selfish here. I hope it's the Phillies and the Astros. And and I would hate to say this because I'm a giant fan of Dusty's. Everybody knows that. I would think just because of the momentum and who was in the middle of the order – for the Phillies, I'm picking the Phillies. I think there's something to that momentum and them buying into, hey, don't come here. We're going to get it down and get it singing, and you better have your stuff. And I just don't think either team, the Diamondbacks, the Astros, or the Rangers have enough to, to work through the lineup for the Phillies.
1: Yeah, I mean, the big story for the Rangers will be whether or not Max Scherzer is available to pitch, whether or not John Gray is available to pitch. Uh, You know, they they, they got by in that in that in that shorter series, but uh, I I don't think they can necessarily get by with just Jordan Montgomery and Nathan Uvalde uh, in the in the in the ALCS. I I will say this, though, if it were to be the Phillies and the Texas Rangers, I mean, you might need to you might you you better make sure you got extra extra energy for the scoreboard because it'll be going off a lot with those teams facing each other. Uh, That 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 could be the bombs away series
0: with those two teams going at it. Give the Rangers credit. It's the two strikes. It's the two outs, Mm -hmm. right? We always talk about that. Run producing. Can that team get the big giant two-strike, two-out RBI? The Rangers have been doing that, right? They've been coming up with that giant hit and sort of, you know, it's been – a, a different guy almost every time. And Evan Carter, right? Where's he going to hit in the order? That'll be an interesting thing with the Rangers and how Bochy handles that. It's the right four teams. I don't want to say that. I mean, you don't, you sort of don't want to buy into the Diamondbacks. But the way they're playing, Jeff, it's the right four teams. The yep. right four teams are in it right now. And yep. I think if you're a baseball fan, that's all you can ask for. Uh, before
1: we bring Eric and just want to put a bow on, um, on uh, Mark Shapiro's media availability yesterday. Uh, of course, we carried it live on Sportsnet f five ninety. The fan, we broke it down. Kevin, you've had twenty four hours now to sort of process some of the stuff we heard. We've heard we all did. Uh, you know, I, I think we were, I, I think we were pretty clear that uh, it would have been great if Mark Shapiro had had that availability on Monday or Tuesday ahead of Ross Atkins. Uh, it's not the the fan base isn't going to be completely satisfied, but. Mark, I think did about a, did about as much as you can to answer questions, to try to calm the waters, uh, and and to, to frankly turn the page on 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 what is a uh, what what was a very unsatisfactory and I would say disappointing and in some ways disheartening three days for Blue Jays fans.
0: It's really not what you say; it's how you say it. I, yep. I, I'm with you and. Just having Mark come out and say the exact same thing that Ross said in a different way, I'm, I'm with you. But I think they've they've shown, and Mark has said, that he needs to be involved. Like the communication's just not there. They yep. need to take care of that. And looking at these four teams that are in it, Blue Jays are a long way away from yeah, being with one of those four teams. And I'm throwing the Diamondbacks in there. They're, they're a ways away from just, it's me against you. My muscle against yours right now, the Blue Jays, just don't have that offensively. He is the co-host of Foul
1: Territory. He's a former MLB catcher. He is one of our favorites. He's, like, just about everybody in baseball been a teammate of Kevin Barker's at he one not time it? or another. Well, actually, a lot of people in baseball have been a teammate of Eric Kratz's at one time or another. Well this said. would probably be the way to put it, Eric Kratz. Eric, thank you for doing this, man. How are you, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are y'all doing? Well, we're doing well. We're enjoying the baseball. I'm still... Uh, I'm I'm still trying to figure out why people are complaining about the playoff format. I mean, I love it, oh. and uh, I I don't want anything changed. I mean, I like the game the way it is right now. There's some, you know, there's some some issues that kind of kind of pick at you a bit. But man, I don't know how you can't like this. I, I I just don't.
3: The games have been unbelievable. Barring you know, besides maybe a couple of the, the Rangers' early series against the Rays. You know, I don't think the Rays really showed up. And so those were kind of a little bit laughers. But every other game, including your team in the North there, they've been awesome games. And this is what we're looking for. And so for people to complain about the format, save it. Save it. Exactly, We have extra teams. Teams that don't deserve to be in are in right now. You know, we're we're too much of a – we're too much of a, well, everybody deserves a trophy society, so let's let everybody in. Oh, it's not fair that the number one seed had to sit. Oh, this is just, it has to be changed. Okay, here's your change. You get the number one seed. You want everything to be catered to you? You choose. You want to play in the wild card series? No, you don't. now all of a sudden you don't want to play in the wild card series? Save it after you lose. Save it. Yep, absolutely.
0: Correct. Kratzy, I got to ask now you're the right person to ask. Is tell me the truth. I, I've never played in the playoff game in Philadelphia. Is it a thing going in there as an opposing team? Forget about the Braves. I the Braves sort of you know, because of their pitching. Just didn't have the muscle, right? They tried, you know. It's the it's the misses, right? This time of the year, especially against a really good lineup, you miss against some teams that's got some mojo and you know are mentally and physically prepared to annihilate because they have a lot of talent and can do it and have success doing it. Tell me about the atmosphere. Is it a thing? Is it something that you know the 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 little engine that could called the Diamondbacks think they can go in there and overcome what they're about to have to try? Overcome when it comes to the Philadelphia crowd.
3: I think the Diamondbacks have a chance to overcome this crowd, and I'll talk about the crowd in a second. But you kind of hit on it before. The Diamondbacks—they're a real team, and the reason they're a real team is because they're confident in what they are and who they are, and they play their game balls out. I don't know if I can say that. Sorry if I can't, but they play, and it's good hard. They play hard, and they play their style of game. And they don't ask people, well, should we do this? Oh, should we do this? Oh, who's accountable for this? No, there's accountability in there, and they go out and they play their game. The atmosphere in Philly is like no other. Now, I never saw playoffs in Toronto. I heard the noise level was crazy but we're not talking about noise level like you can only get to a certain point. In Milwaukee, the roof was closed, the noise level was absurd. Like it, it goes to the point where like you feel it in your chest to the point where like you feel it in your you feel it in your brain and it sounds like I'm I'm making this up, but you like that's that's noise level. And it gets to that level at a lot of the best parks. You know, the best parks are the best energy. The difference in Philly is everybody else starts playoff games at like a, and I don't mean the first pitch. I don't mean when, you know, hey, wave your rally towels, you know, the choreographed things. I'm talking about just the level and the pulse of the stadium starts at a 10 and every other stadium starts at a one. And the Philly pulse is something that the players have really like, they've dived into and they've like, it's like like pinch hitting in the big leagues, Barky. It's when you pinch hit in the big leagues. There's guys that go, oh, man, I'm pinch hitting. I can feel the nerves. And then there's guys that go, oh, my gosh, I just got a shot of adrenaline. I'm going to go out and pinch hit. And they ball out when it's time to pinch hit because they use that adrenaline. Some people feel it as nerves. Others use it as what it really is, is just adrenaline running
0: through your body. Okay, Kratz, if you're Tori Lovello and – Obviously, he knows this. He's heard about it. I mean, every media person that's ever been in that place has talked about it. What's your message to your team? How How do you overcome that? How do you prepare yourself for that when the first pitch rings and it's at a 10?
3: I would tell my guys, and I think this is how he has managed his team, do exactly what you do, and what this environment will bring out of you is a superpower. So, Gabriel Moreno, great catcher, great arm, great game calling. If he sits there and goes, oh, man, I'm so nervous about this game. Like, I can't handle this. All those things will be diminished. If he sits there and goes, holy cow, feel this adrenaline coursing through my veins, inject it into my veins, his arm is going to be that much stronger and more accurate. His game calling is going to be that much more locked in and precise There's going to be, you know, a guy like Christian Walker. He's coming home. He's a Philly guy. If he shies away from it, his power is going to go down. He's going to be tentative in the box as an aggressive hitter. But if he, like, if he embraces it and he takes it in, you might see a ball. You might see balls banging off the upper deck from Christian Walker. Like balls that he's going to be like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that I could hit a ball that far, or I could get to that pitch inside. Like you, It's a superpower. So I would tell them, as Tori Lovello, I would say, we've done everything we can to prepare them for this moment. Take it all in, in the sense of be present and understand that the feelings that you're feeling are just adrenaline coursing through your veins. The difference between nerves and adrenaline is just in your mind, and you are prepared for this moment, and we are the better team. That's what i tell them.
0: Now, Kratzy, you know, some people are listening to you talk there and would say, these are professional athletes. Like, they ain't never played in front of a crowd before. They ain't never been booed before. They ain't never been yelled at before. It's never been really loud where they played before. I mean, me and you played in some ball games where it's been so loud in some games that I've played in. I've used earplugs. That's how loud it's been, just so you can control, you know, not that part of it and sort of not even have to think about it. That's an actual thing. You've actually seen, I don't want you to name names, but you've actually heard or seen, People uh, scared's a strong word. Be timid because of the crowd in Philadelphia.
3: Yes, hundred percent. I have I have seen it. I have seen it to the point where somebody had a bellyache before a game, a playoff game. Barker, a playoff game. Wow! And said and said he wasn't available. It's how you handle the nerves. It's how you handle the nerves.
0: That's crazy.
1: Uh, you guys you had Whit uh, sorry I was just going to say you you guys had Whit on your uh, uh on on foul territory. Um I, you know and and I, and I heard and saw Wit's uh Wit's comments on how the season ended in Toronto. Um Eric you've been on you've been on a lot of clubhouses. I I don't know what Wit said on or off the record to you guys or what you've heard but it it really does seem just from what sort of Barker and I have been able to figure out from the stuff that went on in Toronto at the end of the year, it seems like it seems as if there needs to be some bridge building going on in this organization between the front office, the analytics people, the manager, and ultimately the players. Did you get that sense from Witt? Yes,
3: 100%. I did. And, and I don't know that I, I got that. Sense. And sometimes I go into discussions with people with my preconceived ideas and I have to learn to not do that because, yes, I'm a pl- I was a player, but now I'm in a different role. And talking to players sometimes, like I went into that interview thinking that somebody was a turd for coming out and throwing his manager, who's supposedly on the same team, under the bus. Whether or not it was one of my good friends, John Schneider, so I have a, I have a, different, I have a different view of it. I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have a view of that, but I also should never, ever see a championship team who has championship aspirations, which I think the Blue Jays do, have any kind of kinks in their armor, have any kind of blemishes in their clubhouse, clubhouse, not not clubhouse because that's, that's pointing more at the players, but at, at the organization. Listen, if you go to the Phillies, the Rangers, the Astros – I mean, the Astros are a prime example of this. Everybody has dysfunction. Absolutely. But you should never, never throw someone else under the bus. Never. Because that's showing me that you care more about your job and the way you look in the situation. I don't care if I made three throwing errors and struck out three times. And it was because somebody told me to throw to the wrong base and somebody told me the wrong pitch that was coming. I would never, ever throw another teammate under the bus. In the locker room? You know what? We're going to have some words. But that's the way that you build a clubhouse. That's the way you build an organization. And if there's a dude in a prominent situation, after an awful end to the season, like heartbreaker end, of games that they were in, they were close games, and he comes out and is like, huh. And he had days to think about this. He had, it wasn't like he came out and, you know, it was a fresh, the fresh wound of losing. He had days to think about this, and he goes, it was not me. Literal words, not me. I was not in that meeting. No, you are an extension of the manager. The manager is an extension of you, who's, a ma- who's an extension of Mark Shapiro, Shapiro, Shapiro and who's, a Mar- who's an extension of the players. You are all one group pushing that rock up the hill for the fan base. And when the fan base hears something like that, I don't blame Toronto fans for wanting answers. They should want answers of why somebody would do something like that. And I also think Ross Atkins should apologize to John Schneider and the entire coaching staff who he said made all the decisions on their own. Liar.
0: Yeah, you nailed know that. Hey, uh, Kratsy, you, you know that you've been in you've been in locker rooms with analytics. You've been around enough khakis that are trying to give information from wherever they're getting the information to the player. We've heard a lot of rumblings from the Jays players like that communication from those people to them is atrocious. Like it's just off the wall not real good. And then I start thinking to myself, how, how many ways can you give the information? Like there's only like the numbers are what the numbers are when you hear that, like you hear players coming out and maybe Witt said that to you guys wh- whenever you were having the conversation with him, how, how is there different ways, Kratsey? How is, how is the communication? Can it be given better to make that player want to, you know, take that information or those numbers and try and apply that to what they're trying to do between the lines. How, the, how can the communication get better, I think, is the long-winded question.
3: Yeah. No, no, no. And, and I'll first say, and put me back on track if I get off track, but because I, I, am, I believe so much in this, the numbers are right. The numbers are not wrong. So when people say, oh, the analytics and, you know, these guys, they are right. How can I use that to better my team? How can I use that to better myself as a player? Okay, so that's a different, that's just a facet, just like nutrition. If somebody comes to me and says, nutrition has no bearing on what type of player you are. If you believe that, then you're missing a huge part of the game. If you believe analytics has no bearing on making you a better player, you're missing a huge part of the game. So analytics is really important. And Barky, I'll put it this way. If you had a hitting coach in your career that you were like, this dude is an absolute moron, (laughs) but he was a hitting coach, you were going, hmm, I don't believe anything that he says. I bet what he said was very similar to what your favorite hitting coach ever said if that moron hitting coach was really trying to get you better. So the analytics guys, they are not just trying to steal a job. And I want organizations who have, you know, quote-unquote dysfunction in that, in that sense. They're not trying to steal a job. They're trying to win a championship, too. But though this is, this is where it changes. This is where the best organizations do it really well. It's how you deliver it. Let's say I'm a visual learner, and somebody comes to me and goes, actually – Every time you pull the ball down the left field line, you have a 1.387 chance of being a fair ball and you staying through the zone at a 33% swing rate that enables you to have a 1,233 OPS. And I would say, I heard you say, womp, 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 womp. But if they show that to me in a picture and they say your swing stays in the zone 33% longer Look at this picture. Look at this video, slow motion camera capturing what our numbers are telling you. I would say, Oh, okay. I hear you. So you have to learn the player. And I didn't hear Witt necessarily say what you were saying, but any organization that has that type of dysfunction, it's not an analytic issue, it is a communication issue. It is a how do you communicate? I think there's like, five different ways that people communicate and this is in all walks of life if Hayes if Hayes says barky i love when you buy me gifts and you say honey i just did all the dishes she's gonna be like cool neat story but what i love is when you buy me gifts and you're like <laughs> honey honey i just took the kids to school isn't that – she's like, I'm still not happy. Because you're not communicating with her the way she needs to be communicated. Okay? So yeah. that's a funny example. But baseball players are the same way because they're human beings. And if you don't treat them like human beings and you don't run buses over them, everybody gets more
0: out of everybody else.
1: That's Life great, lessons Chris. from Eric Kratz. Oh,
0: that's tremendous. That's it's exactly tremendous. what I wanted to hear from you cuz you've been in the room. And I I have I got to be honest, Kratzy. I've never been in a room with a lot of smart people trying to give me information. I mean, it, you you got those little sheets right on on your on your chair before uh, the series started that this guy does this and he'll throw this in certain counts. You get that, but not this kind of information you're telling. That's intriguing the way you answered it. Great job, Kratzy.
3: You you would you would have loved it, Barky. If if you could have gotten past and sometimes players, I'll try to. You know, I'm sure you guys got to get to a commercial, but I'll try to get through it fast. If if you were playing during the analytic time, and one of those guys came up to you, you could get past the fact that uh, he doesn't he doesn't know what he's talking about because he didn't play. And you could get you could be you could be told that hey, this guy really wants to help you, and this is going to help your career. I know for a fact because I played with you. I saw you go through struggles, and I saw you. As hot as a firecracker, you wanted to do the best you can. And when you have an entire room of guys who want to do the best they can, they're not looking for underwear contracts. They're not looking for their next contract. They're looking to win a World Series. That's where you push your chips all into. Those are the guys that you get. And it doesn't change from players. It doesn't change from analytic people. It doesn't change from scouts. It doesn't change from front office to GM to presidency ownership. If there, is a, if there is a chink in the armor, if there is a blemish on the schedule, brush it off. Figure out how to make it better because the weakest link will drag you down. And if you're not willing to accept the things that people are trying to give you, you're the one that's the problem. And if they're not trying to accept, trying to make you better, you're the problem.
1: Eric, as always, we appreciate your time, man. Great insight. That's no doubt. Stuff. I appreciate Thanks, it, Kratzy. and lots of fun. Thanks, Eric. Yep. Be well. See you, buddy. Eric Kratz is co-host of Foul Territory, former MLB catcher, um, and yeah, it uh, man with some thoughts on the situation, uh, the situation in Toronto. Jason Stark of the Athletic and a longtime Philadelphia sports guy, probably the perfect guy to get on to talk about the Phillies. We'll do that. We'll talk about the Phillies. They are off to the NLCS again against the Arizona Diamondbacks. We mentioned Houston and Texas. That is the ALCS. Lots to talk about with Jason Stark. We'll get to it. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, and wherever you get your favorite podcast.
2: Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, so the focus shifts to the league championship series this weekend. Houston and Texas in the ALCS. And the Philadelphia Phillies and the Arizona Diamondbacks in uh, the NLCS. The Philadelphia Phillies dusting off the Atlanta Braves again yesterday. And um, Kevin and I talked about this a little bit going into the postseason. We talked about it earlier this week as well about the the fuss about baseball's playoff format and, um, you know, the uh, damage, if you want to call it that, that might be caused by having time off, et cetera, et cetera. And I think Kevin and I are in the same page. I mean, I love the playoff format the way it is. Uh, yeah, the people are talking about reseeding. I literally, I have no problem with the playoff format the way it is right now. Uh, and uh, our next guest, Jason Stark of the Athletic, his column today in the Athletic: "Stop whining about MLB's playoff system. <laughs> Phillies, Astros show how to have October success." Uh, like Nick Castellanos, uh, Jason, you you hit it out of the park with that. Uh, first of all, the games have been riveting. I, it, it, it's it's been exciting, but you know, I one of the things about baseball is there's a lot of downtime in a game and it seems to me that one of the things really good baseball b- baseball players are better than most athletes at managing their downtime because they have to do it. and that's why i think i love this format right that's part of the deal being a baseball player uh jeff that's a really
2: good point i i should have made that when i was writing this thing at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> um you're so right about that um I feel like, all right, we've had some 100-win teams that didn't advance, and now the people who root for those teams are mad about it. Um, And so we're looking in hindsight for why it happened. And it can't be their fault. The fact that the Dodgers forgot to bring a pitching staff to the postseason, uh, that's obviously baseball's fault, right? (laughs) The fact that the Braves staff, two Octobers in a row, suddenly unraveled and they they just had – Crummy pitching options. Once they got beyond Spencer Strider, that's not baseball's fault. If you look at the Orioles, great story, uh, a team I I loved and actually picked, but there wasn't a single underlying metric that said they were as good as the record said they were. And so, the, like all of that feeds into this. You you zip by the Astros, but aren't the Astros? The answer to every complaint. They've had the same layoffs as all these other teams two years in a row. Last year, right, they swept the first round, sat around for four days after that. So they played two games in 10 days, and then swept the next round, didn't lose a single game till the World Series. This year, same layoff as all those other teams. What did they do? They bludgeoned the Twins, uh, other than the, the Pablo Lopez game, right? So, It's What I tried to convey in my column is it's easy to complain and blame somebody else and make excuses, but maybe there's a knack to winning these games in October, and the teams that are winning them now are showing us that.
0: Mm-hmm. Jason, I don't, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm, I'm going <laughs> to have to. I'm going to have to a little. Sure. Okay, top, well, because if, you, if you're Major League Baseball, and your ultimate goal here is in, through the entire playoffs is to get eyeballs to the TV set, and the top five best records in baseball, I think, were one in thirteen in the playoffs. Now, all the arguments yeah. that you just made are probably spot on, but you know as well as anybody, changes have been made to get eyeballs to the TV sets. And when the better teams are not here when it matters the most, Major League Baseball takes a step back and go, hey, maybe we should try and figure out ways to, I don't want to say force feed them to this part of the season, but help them along a little bit. You don't think anybody in the front office in of Major League Baseball is sitting around thinking that.
2: Oh, they're thinking it. <laughs> I saw some of them uh, last night before the game, and they're definitely thinking about it. How could they not? Hey, Kevin, you're right. Uh, uh, you know, I I love the conversation because there are multiple ways to look at it, and the way you just outlined is true. It's important. Um, it's disappointing, and it's, uh, you know, we work in baseball. We care about baseball. We cover baseball. Uh, our lives and jobs are better. When the most possible people care about baseball, uh, I, I, you know I don't expect them to to care about Phillies, Diamondbacks as much as they would if it was Braves, Dodgers in the NLCS. I get that, but here's what I tell people all the time: if you don't want upsets, don't have playoffs. If you want the best teams to be in the World Series, then you got to get rid of every. Everybody except the two best teams and just send them right to the World Series like baseball did for was it, 67 years yeah. until the yeah. playoffs came around. Um, this is an age-old problem. Um, just off the top of your head, even before this format, start listing all the years that the best team in baseball in the wild card era won the World Series. I believe there were only two. So this has been going on from the beginning of the playoffs, they're, they're, they're not fair because playoffs are not designed to be fair. And that's especially true in our sport.
0: Wilson.
1: Well yeah, and, I, it, you know, it's, it's it, another interesting point, I think, is the fact that uh, people make a big deal about the national TV ratings, and, and understandably. But baseball for the last, I don't know how many years, it's been a regional sport. And yes, the national TV contract is important. Obviously, the money's important, but um, I, you know, you are going to get what you are going to get in terms of in terms of eyeballs in in, in the postseason. I think you are probably going to get more this year simply because the games are going faster. But I always tell people, you know, be careful what you wish for. You remember the Yankees Mets World Series? Lousy ratings. Everybody thought, hey, two teams in the biggest TV market in the country, it's going to be great. And it wasn't, so I just don't think you can – you just have to accept it as, as as being, you know, it is what it is. The ratings are down for everything, aren't they? Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Except for the Super Bowl. And uh, baseball, we're never going to have the World Series be a national holiday. No. Nope. I mean, maybe it was in 1956 when it was Dodgers, Yankees, and everybody in Brooklyn was rushing home from school and all, whatever they were doing, right? But um, – We we don't live in that world anymore, and Mm -hmm. all the obsession with the ratings is tired. It's tired. It really is.
0: Okay, uh, one more before we move on to the Phillies. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on what you think of the American League East. American League East in the playoffs didn't win a game. I, and you know, all the talk was it's the best division in baseball. Look at all the wins. Look at how many teams are going to the playoffs. Jason, they, did, they didn't really show up, them three teams. Should I think differently about the way I think about the American League East because of that?
2: Well, Kevin, you know, I, I, I write this column at the end of every season, the strange but true feats of the year, right? And this is one of the strangest but true feats of any year. Um, at least – Nobody can blame it on the Yankees and Red Sox this time, huh? It was <laughs> everybody right. else. And I, I, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't think this is an indictment of the a at least. I've covered a lot of postseason baseball, and we just talked about it. The best teams don't always win, and so much of it is about matchups. Um, you know. I, it's funny when I was on last with you guys, we, weren't we having a debate about whether we would rather see the Blue Jays play the Twins or the yep. Rays? You know, and Jeff, you were you totally nailed that, right? Totally nailed it. And um, we'll never know what would have happened if the Blue Jays had played the Rays, but if they had, an AL East team would have won at least two games. <laughs> I <know> That <laughs> <It
1: would've laughs> changed change the narrative.
2: Yeah, and then like here's the other thing too, we. Massively overact, overreact to what we see in October over a week, sometimes two days, sometimes three days. I understand why, but if we're going to really evaluate anything in baseball, what's what's more accurate: large sample size or small sample
1: size? Discuss. Yes, it's got to be it. It the more accurate is large sample size. The more fun thing is, 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 is the small sample size, right? The large <laughs> sample size is more accurate. But I'd much rather look at the small sample size because you could – it's hard to argue about large sample size. Small sample size, we can have an argument about that. That's – that to me is the is the, is the brilliance yeah. of this game. Right. Um, hey, our technical director Lance Kennedy was in Philadelphia this summer. Went to a game, and we were just talking before we came in the air, and we're talking about the Phillies. And he said, "Lance said it just strikes me as being one of the most Philly teams in a long time." You're the perfect guy to ask a, to ask about this. Um, how Philly are the Philadelphia Phillies? Uh- <laughs>
2: Very, it's a really excellent question, very well put, and 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 again, spot on. Um, it, it's a it's a really charismatic group, but what's really unusual is the connection between the 45,000 people sitting there blowing out their vocal cords every night and the guys who play the game. Um, and you know Bryce Harper used a term the other night about people accusing him of pandering to the crowd. I think that was the word he used. And I, he, I mean, he panders a little bit, but it's, it's real because there's this incredible connection. Um, and like it actually, I think, started with the arrival of Bryce because the passion of the player matched the passion of the people Sitting there watching the player, uh, and he he understood it. Uh, somebody prepped him on it, or he just naturally wanted to go someplace where he could hit the reset button, and uh, you know, uh, invest in the entire experience the way he has. But I'll tell you something that I think about all the time as I sit in Citizens Bank Park and watch these games. If you rerun the clock to last October, they the, the Phillies started the wild card round on the road, uh, playing the Cardinals in St. Louis. And I'll, will n- never know. We'll never know what would have happened. Had they not scored six runs in that ninth inning of game one, but yeah. they were going to lose that game. If Ryan Helsley was healthy, they would not have scored six runs. They might've gotten swept in that series. They never would have played a single home game last October. None of this would have happened. The whole world series thing and everything that followed, um, and then, because they won that series, they play the Braves, they come home 1-1, just like they did this week, and they have the same exact game three, where in the third inning, they score six runs, Bryce Harper hits a homer, Reese, uh, Reese Hoskins hit a home, hits a home run and slams his bat to the grass. And JT Real was telling me last week, that was the moment that changed everything. Um... The connection between that team and those fans has never been the same since that game and that moment. And it, none of it could, it's very possible none of it could have happened. Uh, and it fueled what, what happened through this whole season this year. It's, it's like last postseason never ended once this postseason began. And it's a, it's a remarkable sports phenomenon. Uh, I haven't seen many things like it.
0: Jason, last one before we let you go. What can derail it? Can't be time off. What do they play on Monday? That's three days? So they can't yeah. use that as an excuse. Do they? Is there a woe for this team, like one part of this team that, you know, they're trying to hide, trying to finagle around so it just doesn't derail this? Because they're on the track to, to win this thing with the way the offense looks.
2: Um, well, you know, every team – has a flaw that can be exploited. Uh, they 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 have several key pitchers who don't hold runners. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks are built to exploit that. Um, you saw Craig Kimbrel last night walking the high wire. He's one of those pitchers who doesn't control the running game at all, at all, and doesn't really deal with the clock well at all. And the uh, it. I don't know how he can be used in a big spot, so that is certainly something to watch. Um, They don't they don't hit this way all year. I mean, they're incredibly well coached, well managed, well prepped. Well, um, the, the 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 pitching and offensive game plans are, you know, they're 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 right on target every game, and they use the information well without being a data-driven team like some teams we know. And it's just baseball, so there's a lot of stuff that could happen. But I want to tell you something that I think is amazing to me in retrospect in the Brave series. This schedule in the NLDS, game, off day, game, off day, game, game, and there would have been another off day today – really didn't play into their strengths. It should have been advantage Braves because what do do the off days do in a series? They negate depth. And the Phillies had so much more pitching depth than the Braves that the Braves weren't able to exploit the fact that they didn't have to, to, to plow through the bottom of their staff. And the Phillies weren't able to really utilize the depth of theirs. So moving forward, they have much more pitching depth than the Diamondbacks, much more. Yeah. And so I think that is a huge factor in this series. But the Diamondbacks are the team best built for New Rules Baseball. I think it's going to be a really fun series. Nice.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you in that entirely. Jason, thanks for doing this, man. Terrific stuff as always. Yeah, you're awesome. Oh, always enjoy it, guys. Thanks. Take Thank care. You. Jason Stark of The Athletic. And uh, you can read his piece, Stop Whining About MLB's Playoff System, Phillies, <laughs> Astros Show How to Have October Success and a uh, terrific insight from David Dombrowski in the piece uh, as well. The general manager who's, who's put the Phillies together and basically you can never go wrong by putting star players in your team. <laughs> essentially. This is essentially what it comes down to. It, you can never go wrong by putting star players in your team. Want to wrap up very quickly, Kevin, want to talk about the whole uh, Jake Mintz slash Alano Rizzo incident. Jake Mintz uh, is the reporter who uh, wrote the story that had Orlando R.C.'s attaboy Harper comments in it, uh, backing it up a bit. It was following the game where Bryce Harper was picked off, doubled off to end the game. Uh, Clubhouse is full of reporters. Orlando R.C. is going around saying attaboy Harper, attaboy Harper, uh, uh, several times with reporters in the vicinity. Uh, Jake Mintz, an accredited reporter, writes his story. I think third last paragraph in the story throws it in there as, as, Kind of. This is kind of the scene. This is the color in the clubhouse. Of course, the Phillies, being the Phillies, turn it into T-shirts. And Bryce Harper being Bryce Harper, I I don't know if he used it for motivation. He certainly used it as a point of reference when he was running around the bases after his home run. And, Kevin, we just got a couple of minutes here. I just want to say this as someone who's been in a situation, been in clubhouses. When you are in a clubhouse with a bunch of reporters, there's two there's two things that happen during the regular season. It's generally a small group of reporters Postseason, You don't know who's a reporter and who isn't frankly in the clubhouse. You have to be careful what you say in the postseason. small group of reporters. If there's three of us in there and we hear somebody say something, it's entirely possible that we would all get together and say, I mean, I heard what you heard, but, was it on the record? Was it off the record? Everything you say should be on the record. I get that, but do we really need to write it? Um, is it adding anything? You know, if you guys if you don't write it, I won't write it. Blah blah blah. That type of trade off quite often happens. Uh, now it's a little different with with uh, social media and 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 you know bloggers and 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 podcasters. There's different voices, different approaches in there. But Kevin, the golden rule, isn't it, man? If you don't want if you don't want it reported, don't say it. And you, absolutely, you, you went to the rookie. The rookie initiation, not rookie initiation, but you went to the rookie media session when you broke in, didn't you? And wasn't that I, one of the rules?
0: I, I did. Just don't say anything that would get you in trouble. Be aware of your surroundings. Be smarter than, you know, sometimes what comes out of your mouth. So, yeah, I, I'm assuming that's would be something you yeah. would like to take court, back. Jeff.
1: Court awareness, court awareness. I have no problem with RCA saying it. I have no problem with the reporter reporting it. I have a problem with people piling on the reporter for reporting but you know what that's just me we'll be back on monday from uh, 11 to noon eastern on Sportsnet 590 the fan if you're listening to us via podcast please rate us review us have yourself a great weekend